Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and want to say first and foremost a fine Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, this first podcast of 2024. Um, also want to lay out our apologies for for not being here last week. There's some some extenuating circumstances over the over the weekend in the lead up to the the Commanders game that didn't allow us to be there, but. Um, I'm here now, and all is well. And also here with me is uh, my fellow contributor, Akshas Dividola. Akshas, uh, Happy New Year, man, and uh, how's it going? Happy New Year, Robert. Um, yeah, sorry to everyone that you couldn't hear us say the thing that we've said every single game where the 49ers <laughs> are like three times better than their opponent, which is maybe something crazy happens, but probably not. Also, they're just better, so talent wins out. But yeah. no, um, you know, doing good. It was a pretty exciting week 17, I'd say. It will say is the first time I was paying more attention to a non-49ers game. Yes. At the same time. I was like, like, I'm watching the Commanders, and it's a close game, right? That's mm-hmm. the crazy part. Like, we'll talk a little bit more about the game itself, but... I was like, oh, they're going to win. They're just being dumb right now. And then I'm watching Philly and Arizona. I'm like, wow, this is a real, real fight. I'm I'm super into this. And, you know, mm-hmm. lots of good stuff from the yeah, weekend. For sure. Um, well, obviously, it's uh, there's a lot to be uh, to talk about. And so we'll get into a lot of things. Um, first of all, the, the Niners win their game uh, 27 to 10 over the Washington Commanders. And then. By uh, virtue of Dallas's weird and ugly win over the Lions on Saturday night, which was strange uh, in and of itself, but also just the game was weird. Um, And then the Eagles just absolutely laying an egg at home against the Cardinals. Uh, The 49ers also lock up the NFC's top seed uh, with one week to play, which is just like fantastic news. Um, and like the best thing, the best way that this could have turned out. And I, frankly, if we'd talked about this in the lead up to it, you know, if we had had an episode to talk about the, to preview the commanders game and we would have said, well, if this happens, um, then they'll clinch the number one C, but I think we both would have been like, yeah, that's not happening though. Like, come on, the Eagles are probably not the team that we thought they are, but they're not going to lose the Cardinals. Right. And then, you know, (laughs) I mean, so I'm not going to say that I thought the Cardinals would win, but I, w- I certainly wasn't like, oh, yeah, Eagles are going to win by 20. I thought it was going to be a, a close game. The Cardinals, give them credit, man. They, um, they're they punching above their level right now, for sure. I mean, the Eagles game, beating the Cowboys, but just generally, they've played better than a team at that stage of the rebuild they're at, and they put a good effort out. It almost, you know... I don't know what's going on with Philly. Something is wrong there, you know, but it kind of makes you look at how the Cardinals played the 49ers this year and go, Oh, actually that's, 
It makes you feel a little better about it, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you look at it, you're like, okay, so they ran all over us, but they also ran all over the Eagles, so maybe their rushing offense is pretty good, and it makes a lot of sense that that we that you'd struggle to stop them from running the ball. So, um, and at least you won the game, right? In the end, (laughs) that's that's the big thing. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I was. By the time the second half was was kicking in in the Commanders game, and you know once you once they got up, once that Charvarius Ward interception happened, and you know they're up what twenty to ten at that point, and you they get the the interception, and, and at that point you're like, okay, well they've stopped messing around here. Um, I think everything's going to be okay. And then at that point, I think it was still because when I had checked it at halftime, I think it was what twenty one to six, the Eagles Cardinals game or something like that at halftime. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, well, this is not happening. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Okay, next week's going to matter a, bit, a lot. It's going to be a huge, massive game. Uh, the Ram- I'm also watching the Rams concurrently. Like, they tried so hard to lose to the Giants, and the Giants just were not good enough to beat them. Um, they did literally everything that they could, including give up one of the funniest punt returns for a touchdown that I've ever seen, um, <laughs> where the guy fielded the ball, like, kind of over his head at, at like the five yard line or something like something stupid that he had absolutely no business, like even fielding the ball and then proceeded to run for a touchdown after almost being <laughs> tackled several times. It was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, at, at, but then once the the Cardinals kind of even pulled, they scored a touchdown and they, and they got within, uh, I guess eight points uh, and then they scored again and, and then they got the two point conversion. And then you start paying attention and at that point, I was like, "I'm the Niners are fine." Like, I think at that point, the Niners had gotten their the next touchdown. It was a 17 point win or a 17 point lead. You're like, the the Commanders aren't doing anything. Everything is fine. And you start kind of looking over your shoulder, like, "Okay, what are the what are the Cardinals going to do?" Like, we're paying more attention to that game, as you said, than the Commanders. What the Commanders are doing because they were just not uh, not uh, the second half was was kind of a a dull one there for the, in that game. But it's that is kind of a funny thing to do. Uh, in these particular times, but this is this is what the the situation called for, and it ended up being well worth it in the end. I would say. Totally. I mean, not so not to like analyze a game that the 49ers didn't play, but that 21-6 at halftime, it felt like the classic. The Cardinals are not good enough. Are the type of team that are not good enough to win this game. So even though they're playing well, they're going to make the mistakes that like mm-hmm. bad teams make, which is like you throw, there was a pick six. Yeah. The arm the punt pick six. <laughs> yep. Like no red zone offense being absolutely abysmal starting the game. And it's things like that. And you're like, Oh, okay. So like, they're just going to, they should win, but they're not going to. And then they actually won. And I mean, I totally agree with you about the, kind of commanders 49ers situation when Mooney Ward got that pick that kind of felt like a okay like they they made a play because to me and I don't know we can talk about this more like specifically but this game from the defense to me felt very weirdly like a we're actually not going to really do anything <laughs> at all and we're yeah. gonna and like Washington's eventually gonna Washington that yeah. kind of honestly, that's <laughs> kind of how it felt, and that's what happened, really. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Howell had his best game up until the point where he didn't, and then, <laughs> and then you know, yeah, 
<laughs> the Niners didn't really have to do much of anything. In that way, it was a really interesting kind of situation, I'd say, because it kind of felt like, even on offense, it was kind of a vanilla attack. Not a mm-hmm. lot of, like, ridiculously strenuous plays, but it all worked. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you got to think that's... And I'm not saying they're, like, specifically, like, overlooking the commanders, but a sense of, like, we maybe don't have to, to go... 100% like with all everything that we would normally do uh, in a game like this and we can still be good enough to to win the game um, and yeah certainly from a from our perspective I, th- I think I don't know personally I was like okay why are we not just like kicking the crap out of this team right like when it's only 13 10 at halftime you're like okay what's going on like everybody awake I know it's like a 10 a.m. start for you guys but let's let's get everybody hey let's get moving like you you need to win this game and can't mess around with this bad team but um man once they once they kind of were like okay well we're just gonna start playing now um they did everything they need to do you know the offense scored two more touchdowns in the in the second half that's all they needed uh and the defense did you know had a had those two turnovers that made all the difference in the world and um it's one of those like like they were I'm, you know, like playing with a cat with a string on the end of it. It's like, okay, here you go. You can have it. You can have it. Okay. Now we're just, we're done with you. Like no more, no more playing around. And they just kind of put them away. Um, and I, I agree. It was not a, like, like the most comfortable first half performance on either side of the ball. Um, part of that is the fact that they didn't finish in the red zone those two times. Cause obviously if, if they score two touchdowns there instead of two field goals and it's 21 to 10 at halftime, and then they still score twice more. Well, that's then we're getting back into the mid 30s and suddenly it's 35 to 10. And you're like, OK, well, that looks a lot more resounding, even though it's only, you know, so many more points. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those games that they probably walked into, again, not overlooking this team, but but looking at it at the situation and just saying, OK, if we are just competent we're probably good enough to beat this team. And that's basically what, what the showing was that we got from the, from the team on, on Sunday uh, in a general sense, I would say. This team has been, and I think I have an article out talking about the one seed and like its importance to the 49ers. And I kind of mentioned this in there too, but it really feels like this team kind of needs the, these like buys and these rest periods because they go pedal to the metal and then eventually they just run out of gas. And I think losing to the Ravens, I wouldn't say they ran out of gas per se, but the Ravens out physical them. And I think the 49ers most weeks don't get out physical, but following like a six game stretch kind of happens. And then against the commanders, I definitely think they were just like a little slow all across the board. And they kind of got away with it because they're just they were a more talented team. But now, luckily, don't have to worry about out physical, all any of that stuff, getting tired, no rest, because yeah. they'll be plenty rested to yeah. take a t- three game stretch, essentially. Yeah, because at this point there will be and we'll talk about this more in detail a little bit later. There is there's some players that are going to be that are going to have basically three weeks off. Um, leading into the divisional game and then it's the divisional game potentially the FC championship game both at home which is great because they can rest and not have to travel and all that kind of stuff and then if they win the NFC championship game then it's two weeks um, the first of which is at home and the second which is in Las Vegas which is 
like a bus ride from San Francisco, um, not a short one, but you know, they're going to fly obviously, but it's not a long flight from, from, from San Francisco or wherever they fly out of. Um, so they're really in like, this is, this is really lining up very nicely for them to be in a really good physical con- position, uh, to where if they just win the games, they're supposed to win that they're really going to be there, uh, in that conversation for, um, for getting into the Super Bowl at this point. And we talked about this. Like if they don't if they didn't get this one seed, how hard how much harder it was going to be for them to to make the Super Bowl. And now that they've they've locked that up and they locked it up ahead of of time and all that kind of stuff, it really looks like it's going to line up really nicely for them. I mean, obviously the 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 games are going to be the games and they still have to play them. But if you look at the NFC, you you got to look at pretty much every team that's probably going to be in the playoffs and go, "Oh yeah, they can beat all those teams." First of all, because they've beaten a lot of them. Uh, the second of all, because they're just likely the 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 most talented and the team that has the least amount of uh, flaws heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Is and not to like consistently talk about an article that is out <laughs> on the website, but I mean this is kind of the point I was making in the article is that like you get rid of so many of the like typical issues and factors that playoff football can bring like a you start out with a win already right like kind of kind of silly point but i feel like gets overlooked with the bye you get all the rest which is true you get home field advantage but you also just play one less game the playoffs are weird you know crazy things can happen and that's one less time you have to deal with the variance of football which is an absolute win for the 49ers. But on top of that, you don't travel as much like you mentioned, and you remove so many of the like elements that different teams have when they play at home. You're not going to play in really mucky weather in Philadelphia, and you're not going to play inside a dome like in Dallas or Detroit. And Dallas and Detroit in particular, their offenses are like absurdly statistically better playing in a dome versus on the grass in an outdoor stadium, which is kind of a weird, like, dichotomy. But, you know, it's there, and, like, it's pronounced enough to where that's not, like, just, oh, a couple bad games. No, they're just better indoors versus outdoors. But instead, they got to be in Levi's. You get to sleep in your own beds. And then, like you mentioned, it goes all the way up to the Super Bowl. They probably could practice the full two weeks of the Super Bowl in Santa Clara and be completely fine. No worries whatsoever, which is an insane thing to think about. But as yeah, much as, well, like you mentioned, uh, sorry, go ahead. Except the NFL is going to make them go for the week leading up to it because they have to do all that media stuff. But yeah, other than that, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, just to like put a bow on it, right? Like you said, they have to play the games. Nothing's set in stone. But if a team could have like a pretty solid path to the Super Bowl, this is the this is the path. This is what you would want to have happen. So everything's set up for them. They just got to take advantage of it. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, some other things to chat about um, as it relates to this game and, and just the the season in general. Um, obviously, Brock Purdy sets the 49ers single season franchise record for passing yards. 
Um, he <laughs> cleared the bar by two two whole yards. Um, and as we'll talk about in a little bit, maybe that's where it stops. We'll see. Um, he so that was that's pretty awesome. And the the fact that he was able to do it, um, you know, late in the game, and he did it in 16 games, which means that there's not going to be any like squabbling about. Well, Garcia only had 16, and Purdy did it in 17, and whatever. And really, did he do it in 16, Akshaz? Because as we mentioned a couple of times, he's sat out several fourth quarters. Um, so if, if Kyle Shanahan was like a real mean SOB, um, pretty might've broken the record like three weeks ago. <laughs> like if we're being honest, mm-hmm. um, if he had just said, you know what, we're leaving him in the game and we're going to continue to throw the ball. Uh, he might've been, you might've broke the record, you know, you know, several weeks ago, but that's neither here nor there. So, uh, really cool. Uh, this young kid, he turned 24 last week. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's just incredible. Um, like the story keeps writing itself and it's just quite amazing like if you if you look at the the list of of players that have played quarterback for this franchise and the fact that Brock Purdy now sits upon that list is pretty amazing um yeah i mean i'm, I'm just like wow that's just like like even in our in under our our best of expectations i think heading into this year i don't know that we would have said oh he's definitely going to like flirt with that line i think we were like oh if he can get to 4000 it'll be pretty good um, well, he got to 4,000 and he got to, to 4,200 and what 80, I think is the number, um, which is, seems also appropriate as well. Um, he also passed Russell Wilson for the most games with a quarterback rating of 120 or more in his first two seasons with 10, 10 quarterback uh, games with a rating of 120 or more in his first two years. But the crazy thing about that, of course, is that Brock Purdy only played in like a year and a half of those for or less than that because um, he played, what, six, five games, five regular season games last year. Uh, so he's he the fact that he did. So basically that means he's played in what now? Twenty one games. Is that right? Twenty one starts regular season starts. I think that's correct. Um, and that so roughly half of the games that he started, he has a, a pass rating over one hundred and twenty uh, which is just bonkers. Um, and then this statistic uh, that I got from uh, Jordan Elliott on Twitter, uh, assuming Brock Purdy sits on Sunday, and we'll talk about that in more detail, uh, he will finish the 2023 NFL season with a 9.6 yards per attempt on 444 passing attempts. That number is also a little bit crazy. Um, that is the highest single season YPA in NFL history by a QB with at least 400 passing attempts. Um, wild. So, Akshay, any any thoughts on any of this? That's, I just threw a bunch of numbers at you, but I, it's just all cool how it comes together. I mean, the only thing is just a, like you said, absolutely incredible. What an amazing story! Like, I feel like we, especially, I think we, this podcast, have like attempted to stop really thinking about Brock Purdy as the, oh, Mr. Irrelevant, all that stuff, because at this point, he's like, he's played so well, that feels like, almost, that feels irrelevant, basically. Ah. To, to, oh, man. An unintentional pun. We got jokes. You gotta have them. I mean, but it feels like unnecessary to add on to what is a very good quarterback who if drafted basically before round three would be considered one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And, you know, we're not, I'm not really trying to engage in a, what is Brock Purdy's value discussion, but he's like, he's played extremely well. 
I think the efficiency numbers are what are amazing to me. It's just 9.9 yards per attempt is insane. And he has such little volume that like, and yeah, like a non 9.6, by the way, 9.6, not 9.9. Yeah. (laughs) He was at 9.9 before the Ravens game, I think. And that, that number shot down pretty, pretty heavily down then, but yeah, still impressive. (laughs) Like, he gets a lot of yards from yards after catch. This is true. I'm not going to, like, deny that, although I don't think it's, like, any more ridiculous than any quarterback that's in a good offense. But that just, like, shows you he's, like, he's ripping the ball. Your quarterback, think about that. Like, that number, he, every time Brock Purdy drops back to pass, and he throws the ball, he gets almost a first down. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, like, he is the perfect conductor for this offense, and he does so much to add on to it. He does these small things, like that play to Brandon Ayuk in the Commander's game. Like, spectacular. If If that play was done by Patrick Mahomes, or Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, that play would be on like Sports Center, and everyone would be talking about look at this highlight from one of the NFL's elite quarterbacks. But because it's Brock Purdy, like it's still talked about, but it's not this huge thing. And that just like goes to show he's like he's really good. And most importantly, like you said, he just turned 24. He's only going to get better. This is a guy who can still improve on how he reads defenses, has gotten his arm stronger ever since he got into the league. Like, the sky's the limit, and that's the craziest part, is that he's already statistically a top, like, one quarterback in the NFL. Now he has the chance to keep on improving. Yeah. Um, and 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 here's and here's hoping that he continues to do so um man if they win the super bowl it'll be really interesting to see what happens after that uh just in terms of the narrative but that's uh, again we're putting the cart before the horse in that particular case um a couple other th- statistical fun facts from uh the game uh christian mccaffrey goes over the 2000 yards from scrimmage mark um for the first time since i think 2019 if i'm not mistaken uh he'll fittingly end the year with 2023 yards on the season which is really cool um and i say that because obviously he uh had that that calf strain that kept him out um for the most of the of the second half um on sunday Kyle Shanahan already said he's done uh for the for the regular season going to get him rested up that makes sense um i probably i would have argued that he needed to sit out uh, that game either way, uh, because, you know, even if he was healthy, this this game on Sunday with it meaning nothing. But uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, so McCaffrey goes over 2000 yards from scrimmage. Um, they obviously also finished with two 1000 yard receivers in Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Um, and then an additional 1000 yards from scrimmage from Debo Samuel, um, who uh, I just read this today on NBC Sports Bay Area needs Four more yards um, to reach, I think it's 6,000 and one, 6,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards uh, rushing uh, in the first span of his career. And he'd be like the second person to ever reach those two plateaus um, within that that's that time period, um, or wide receiver, I should say. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, 
but we'll talk about players playing on Sunday in just a little bit. Um, he seems to think that he's going to play. At least that's what he told um, Mina Kynes, uh on from on his weekly uh, call in on her show today that he he's anticipating he's going to play. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the offense has just been like spectacular this year and and the the 4000 yard passer plus three, four players with a thousand yards or more from scrimmage uh, is absolutely bonkers. I mean, it's, I think at least me, when I like, when they hire Kyle Shanahan, I always thought that this was going to be a, Oh, the 49ers offense is going to like carry this team. And like very early on Shanahan seemed almost defiantly insistent on like having, an elite elite defense, which is like awesome. But this is the first year I think we can definitively say the 49ers offense is the best part of this team. And Mm -hmm. like, it's almost not even close, which is insane because the 49ers defense is no joke. This is a top five NFL defense, but it's like far outshined by the 49ers offense. And I just, I'm, I'm thinking back to our preview of the Dallas Cowboys game. (laughs) <laughs> and I like, I was insistent in saying the real matchup is the 49ers, I think, defense against the, against the Dallas offense. That's the important part. Like, that's where the game will be decided. And it turned out that wasn't, I mean, that was true, but like the 49ers offense was the real engine there. And that's been the case the entire season. It's such a, such an interesting like situation that yeah. we've had occur. It's, it's kind of molding. Like, I, I, I'm gonna <laughs> carefully choose my words here because hope is a very powerful drug. But you kind of feel like this is, if like this like iteration of 49ers football kind of coalesced into its absolute best form it kind of feels like this is the team that best does it. Like this is the team that really has all the different strengths that the 49ers have had and adds in really explosive offense as well. And it feels like everything's coming together, but you know, games have to be played. (laughs) This is true. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, I, I certainly agree with all that. It's, it's, it's like, to see just the step that this offense has taken really since, since Purdy took over last year, but really the, the fact that from week one, it's like, okay, this is, this is, this is working. Um, you know, I mean, we talked about it back way back then. It didn't, didn't start off like the greatest and they got off to a kind of a rough start at the beginning of the, of, of the Pittsburgh game. But once they got going, they, they seemed to get going and they went into a little bit of a lull in the middle and, and here and there and all that, but that's the NFL. That's, that's, that's the way the season goes when you're playing um, games, the way that they have and the way that their schedule lined up with like multiple Thursday night games and all that kind of stuff. Um, there was an inevitability of, of those things happening <laughs> as much as we would have liked for them to go undefeated throughout the entire season. That, that probably was very unlikely uh, to happen, but yeah, I mean, this offense is, is really spectacular and the defense is, probably not as good as it was maybe in 2019 but it doesn't need to be it only needs to be just good enough to kind of hold off the other team and that will be the the thing that they um 
and and they've done well in in that and all those num all the numbers are really sparkly and shiny and and look really good um they're they're probably even a better defense defense than this offense actually even needs them to be i think you can make that argument like this offense could probably hold up um and because because again they've they they've had entire fourth quarters of games where they've just been not playing offense at all because they didn't need to because they built up such a lead um and that's a that's a, a testament to both sides of the ball doing what they need to do because you can't build a a massive lead if the defense isn't also doing the job so you know credit to both sides of the ball for sure and you know one side picking up the other when it's maybe not doing what it needs to do but yeah i think this is clearly uh this is clearly the the iteration of of this of what the 49ers are that i think you you and probably a lot of us expected when Kyle Shanahan came to town. And um, I think under the circumstances at that time, it probably made sense to start and figure out how to get the defense short up considering how sort of bad it was (laughs) when he, when he came in um, and how much time he anticipated it was going to take to bring in a quarterback and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, all worth it now. And, uh, and, and as we move on through the, through the, the rest of things. But um, yeah, I'm just, it's just really cool just to see this offense like humming and, and you never really get a sense of, uh, of like concern or, or worry about it. It returned a little bit like in the, uh, in, in the immediate aftermath, the beginning of this game, you know, I was, I started to feel a little bit like that, like, Oh man, like is Brock going to really be okay? Like after that Ravens game. Um, but you know, he, he, he seems like he's going to be fine. Um, and, you know, he'll hopefully be the guy to, to get get the team where it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It was, it's such a it's such an interesting team. Like, will whenever we have to write the story for this team, whether that be January or hopefully February, you know, I think there'll be so much to talk about because so much has like gone wrong but also gone right i mean they had a three-game losing streak and it looked like they couldn't score to save like to save anyone but yet despite that they're like statistically a top what three four offense in the nfl like just in like total aggregate stats efficiency wise they're the best that's insane to think about like they had like a full stretch where nothing was working and they still I think I saw something ridiculous. They um the Ravens heading into week seventeen were the fourth most dominant team per DVOA. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers were fifth, despite having lost to said Ravens team <laughs> right. in like one of the most lopsided DVOA losses because of how well like all the interceptions and turnovers and whatnot, but they had played so well. They were so much better than the opposition that losing to the Ravens still like kept them historically high. And that's like, that's an insane thing to like, think about that. Like a team could have a pretty ugly loss, all things considered, and still be like, historically good and right at the level of the team that just beat it. I mean, they're such a, such an interesting team. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, still third in the NFL in points scored <laughs> um, uh, at 29.4 points per game uh, in spite of those three games where they absolutely, which just, you know, I don't, you know, we could probably figure someone could figure out. I could probably figure it out if I had the time what the, what the, what their points per game would be without those four games where they scored 17 points. Um, but it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, in terms of like efficiency, um, if you look at like, um, the, the, the team tiers that are done, um, with the, the EPA per, per play, they're just like head and head and shoulders above the rest of the NFL. And it's just kind of hilarious, um, how much that's true. Now, obviously it's gone down a little bit, um, with that loss of the Ravens, but their efficiency on offense in both passing and running the ball, um, is just, just absolutely crazy. Um, I'm just looking at, at EPA, which is expected points added per play. Their offensive EPA is they add 0.181 points every time they touch the ball. Um, and they have a running uh, a success rate of 51.5 um, percent, um, which, which is just like crazy. Like <laughs> it's just like half of the half of the time they're going to like do something positive offensively, which just doesn't feel like that should be true. Um, but anyway. Um, all right. So we're, we're obviously having a, 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 we're enjoying this. We're having a good time uh, talking <laughs> about how well this team is played. And, and it, it feels there is a certain lift lift to this, right? Like, okay, cool. Like they, they won the NFC, they, they clinched a playoff spot. They won the NFC West. They got that first, that first round by if you're, you know, you're chalking off the, the the list of things that you need to do. The next two things are win that divisional round, win that NFC championship game, win the Super Bowl. So you got three things left to do um, from a 49ers perspective. It's really good. But of course they also have this pesky week 18 game against the Rams. Um, now in lieu of a normal episode to preview this game, uh, because it doesn't matter, we figured we're just going to talk about it in a more sort of general way here at the end of this episode. Um, Niners have nothing to play for. The Rams don't really have that much to play for. The only thing they can do, because uh, they clinched the playoff spot with their win, and somebody else lost, and I think that when they got them in, um, after they kind of messed around with the Giants, and then they they won that game in the end, um, it was because the Giants missed a field goal in the end of of everything. Uh, Graham Gano, former North Carolinian, um, uh, so they clinched the playoff spot on Sunday. And the, really the only difference that can be made is their seeding, I think, depending on how some of the other games go. Like they could be either the six or the seven. That's pretty much it. Um, if they win, I think they're guaranteed the six. Um, but if they lose and somebody else loses, they could still be the six seed. Um, I think Sean McVay has already said, has already insinuated that he ice also was not going to play a full strength team, at least not for the entirety of the game. Uh, this is why the, the the NFL was not like, hey, let's put this game in a primetime spot. Um, so it's just in a sort of normal 4.30 in the afternoon Eastern time spot uh, that it would be for a West, a West Coast game kind of thing. But um, what, what do we think? And we've this conversation has been kind of running around within our Niner Noise Slack a little bit. And there's lots of lots of chatter about who's going to play, how much are they going to play? Um, 
So, Akshaz, what do you get? What do you got a theory? Like, obviously, the Niners, first and foremost, are in a weird position because they have several players who are injured and not on injured reserve who are automatically going to get um, inactivated for the game. So, like, a guy like Eric Armstead, definitely not going to play. A guy like Christian McCaffrey, we've already been told, is definitely not going to play. Um, I imagine they're not going to be in a rush to, to bring Jair Brown back after uh, his knee injury that kept him out this week. I mean, what's the point? Like, just let him let him sit another week uh, at this juncture. So there's three spots already, right? <laughs> not to mention, <coughs> excuse me, not to mention if like Jalen Moore is still in the concussion protocol or Juwan Jennings or anything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how those things play out. But generally, what do you think in terms of who should play, how much, that kind of thing? So I got, I'll give you two answers. I'll give you what I think should happen and what I think will happen. Because I don't think they're the same. I think, so the things I think will align is, like you mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, I don't think is going to play, is already not going to play. Eric Armstead definitely shouldn't play. No way you risk him re-aggravating that foot on the field. I don't think Trent Williams should play, and I don't think he will play. I think Aaron Banks probably won't play. He's had a turf toe that's been bothersome. Um, now, I don't he was active on Sunday, however. He just didn't he just didn't play. So they, there may be some situations like that where they're going to have to activate certain guys, but be like, okay, well, you're like just in case kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Who else do I – I had another person. I think – so Ambry Thomas is getting surgery on his hand, but should be good to go for the playoffs, so definitely not going to play. Then on top of that, I think I wouldn't play Mooney Ward I wouldn't play Fred. I wouldn't play Dre. I wouldn't play Bosa or Hargrave. And then I wouldn't play Purdy, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk. That's me. That's just me. I I understand the argument of making sure that you have the rhythm of like a season. And more importantly, that, you know, people aren't super confused. No one is like getting out of routine. And game action is good, but this team is really top-heavy. And, like, everyone I mentioned is a huge part of this offense or defense to where you take they miss a game in the playoffs. That could be the reason the 49ers lose. Now, what do I think will happen? I think the starters play a quarter like it's the preseason. Mm-hmm. That's That's kind of what I'm thinking is, Get them one, like, offensive series. If they score a touchdown, that's great. Pull them there. If they don't, maybe get them another one. Defense, one or two series. And most likely, probably tell your guys, and don't, like, throw your bodies in awkward situations, right? Like, if there's a pileup, maybe don't jump in there and let your ankle get twisted or your knee get bent back. The one guy I actually do disagree with you, though, I think Jair Brown should play because okay. although like him being injured, it's very important that he's healthy for the playoffs. I think it's as important, like if he's clear to play this week, that he gets like snaps. Sure. Because the uh, like if you Jair Brown is already so instinctive. I, Kyle Posey from Niner Nation has a fantastic breakdown on Jair Brown against the Seahawks. And it was just, like, example after example of him, like, flying to the football and knowing exactly what to do. 
he's had a couple of rough games, but he's a rookie. That's what's going to happen. And I think giving him chances to see looks and formations, that's really helpful because, and this might be my, um, my playoff bold prediction. I think the 49ers are going to see the Rams in three weeks from now. And just getting familiar with that team is definitely going to help him for that inevitable playoff game. So you're saying the Rams are going to be the sixth seed. They're going to go to Detroit. Matthew Stafford is going to take all his anger out on the Lions <laughs> and win that game. Um, that seems to be a that does seem to be a thing that um, is uh, is rolling through um this sort of like internet like people have been speculating about that for a while like oh hey it looks like it's lining up that stafford that detroit hasn't hosted a (laughs) playoff game in however many years and now here they are and here comes the guy that they got rid of because they were done with him kind of thing so um so that would be kind of hilarious but um i yeah i think if okay so just thinking about like inactive like guys who you don't want on the field and you don't want them to have any chance of getting on the field like oh no like we just ran we just lost two guys we got to get somebody on the field um i would agree trent williams eric armstead for sure uh christian mccaffrey <clears throat> uh but then it's going to be down to like who else like there's going to be there might be some players that they don't have any 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 like <laughs> they, they got nothing else except for to put them on the injured list uh if you just look at how long the injured list has been so like Ross Dwelly might have to go, might have to be inactive because he was out last week, um, and just hasn't been able to 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 get right. Um, if as I mentioned, if Jawan Jennings and Jalen Moore are um, still in concussion protocol, well, gosh, if Jawan Jennings still is still in concussion concussion protocol after three weeks, that's really problematic. Um, but uh, Jalen Moore. Um, and obviously, whether or not Trent Williams is able to do that depends heavily on whether or not. Jalen Moore is able to get out of the concussion protocol, so hopefully he's good to go. Um, I'm trying to think who else that you might want to just protect in, in that in that regard. Um, I think everybody else, I mean, everybody else will kind of have to be uh, active for the most part. Um, obviously, they have to get down to 46, but I think your main, all your starters for the most part have got to be active just in case kind of thing. Um, but... I don't know. Like, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy, like, like make Brock Purdy inactive for the for the game or anything like that. Um, uh, they could emergency. QB that's true. Him. That's true. They could make him the emergency QB, which is technically he'll be in uniform and he could be he could be the Brock Purdy rule, which would be just crazy. Um, that would be kind of like 3D chess from Shanahan there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> make make Darnold and Brandon Allen the active players and then make Purdy the actual third emergency quarterback. So maybe that will happen. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it's going to be more of a preseason game type of situation. Uh, and we see a lot of Darnold and maybe they throw Brandon Allen out there too. I don't know. So the one thing you were mentioning, the inactors, and that got me thinking, you also got to think about who are the young guys that they've made inactive that they can like swap in and what vet takes that role. Yeah. So for example, Jalen Graham barely is like typically an inactive. So he'll probably be active. So that means one of Fred or Dre, or I think Oren Bricks was dealing with some injuries. So maybe Oren, mm-hmm. but 
you know, one of those three, I think Graham will replace him. And if we think about it that way, then I feel like it's a very, like, you can start to parse it down a little bit more. So definitely think one of Fred or Dre won't be playing. I think it'll probably be Greenlaw because he's been dealing with a bunch of, excuse me, a bunch of stuff throughout the year. But, you know, that's a, it's a good point that they do have to feel like an acceptable NFL. Yeah. They have to have 46 players out there. It's not, they're not allowed to do anything, do anything like other than that, I think. Um, and, you know, of course, they could use their two um, call-ups from the practice squad, which will change things a little bit. But um, who knows what that, will, what that will be. That will, I would imagine, a running back for sure because they want to have a fourth running back um, in that situation. Maybe a defensive back because they're so thin at defensive back. If, you, if you're if you like, okay, we're going to we're gonna inact, make Mooney inactive, we're going to make Ambry Thomas inactive. Okay, well now there's two guys that have been pretty heavy players in your starting lineup. Um, all right, Demo, you got to be on the active roster, but you're you're gonna play like for a quarter, and then it's gonna be Looter and and uh, Sam Womack and, and Isaiah Oliver, and we'll see how it goes, kind of thing. So it it'll be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be a very like good game to watch. Um, uh, I don't know. Sam Darnold played pretty well the other day uh, in his uh, mop up time against the Ravens. So I wouldn't be like, and, and I was reading something earlier. I think it was Matt Barrows in the athletic was saying like, this is a good opportunity. Like Darnold is like, gotta be like real excited about this. Cause there's, there's going to be some, some starting NFL jobs open this year. Um, and if he can show that he's like a good player and an improved player. And I think he, I mean <laughs> that, that game against the Ravens is probably about as good as he's looked in, in a long time. So if he can go out there and say, all right, I'm going to play three quarters in a game or three and a half quarters in a game, even on week 18 against the Rams team that doesn't have anything to play for. That's going to be good for his his free agency conversation if in, if he's on the way out and wants to go join somewhere where he can have a chance to start again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sam, I think I read that same Barrels article and Barrels made a great point. He said it's a win-win-win, which is the Niners protect Purdy, they prepare in case, you know, worst case Armageddon happens again and they need um, Darnold to, you know, make a play in the playoffs. And Darnold gets the chance to pump up his free agent stock because, you know, Darnold is in that he's like that um, kind of Baker Mayfield role right now insofar as his draft pedigree affords him potential future opportunities he just needs to like get the one and you know i think with kyle shanahan calling your plays he can make anyone look good i mean complete aside but watching the jets ineptitude this year and so many teams like the vikings struggle without kirk cousins has made me realize just how good shanahan is at scheming up plays because he like made Nick Mullins had the third most passing yards. It was like first, <laughs> like what? Yeah, he did. Like starts. <laughs> yeah, and we yeah were it was like, like more than Mahomes and more than like anybody who's ever played football. It's like what's happening. <laughs> and the thing was right, as like as a fan, you weren't even like oh, like so much more of it was like wow, Nick Mullins might be really good, you know, not like. <laughs> 
yeah. not like what is Kyle Shanahan doing to like make this work? And I think that's like, that's the part that I think is particularly exciting for Darnold is that he's going to get Shanahan. I mean, it'll be probably kind of vanilla yeah. setup, but you know, Shanahan gets receivers open and he'll probably have a chance to, to make a lot of stats and get a lot of money if he plays it right. <clears throat> Yeah, and this will be good for like you know <clears throat> younger guys like uh, Ronnie Bell will get a a good run out there for sure um, to play. Jawan Jennings will get a chance if he's if he's healthy to play more snaps like from like an offensive like <clears throat> receiver perspective than he does. I mean he's he'll obviously continue to do the things that he does, but he'll get a chance to be more of like a focal point in offense. Who knows? Maybe Danny Gray will emerge from all of this and actually get a chance just to, about to, say. <laughs> to to be activated, and that would be hilarious. Uh, doesn't play all season, comes in, lights things up on in week eighteen with Sam Darnold throwing him the ball, and everybody's like, "All right, all right there we go." Um, so that's possible. Like he was, uh, I think that he was real close to getting activated. They just don't really. At this point, I just don't know if they know what they would do. If they if they added him to the roster, like there's no obvious place where you're like, okay, well this guy can get cut, right? Like there's there's just not enough depth at certain places to to do that. So I think that's the only thing keeping him out at this point. But it's possible. Like we'll see. I mean, I've been this is kind of this is a very meandering episode, but I've been a huge Danny Gray fan. I think the one thing you can't teach is speed and he has it in spades and he seemed in training camp to be starting to make those like important additions. And then, you know, the injury kind of like completely throws his momentum. Ronnie Bell's playing really well, but he's like, you can do much worse than getting a guy who runs like a four, four, like four, three, four, four, 40 out on the field to just stress defenses. I think if if ooh, sorry, if Danny Gray ever um, can like sort out what it is the 49ers want him to do as a receiver, like the little things blocking intricacies, being detailed with your routes, he can like be a huge problem for this team. Problem in a good sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. Especially cuz Apparently Brock Purdy can throw the ball deep now. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> well, um, as you mentioned, this has been quite a meandering uh, game uh, episode game. That too. Um, you know, we'll still. I'm sure we'll still go out and watch the the game on on Sunday. Um, it'll be kind of fun, you know, to watch a regular season game that doesn't really feel like a regular season game and means absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, it was certainly nice to not lose you know, another game this season, uh, you know, getting that, that 13th win would be really good, but it's fine. Like <laughs> it is what it is. Who cares at this point? It's, it's, it doesn't really matter if the Rams need it that badly. <laughs> and gosh, then oh, man, it won't, can you imagine the Rams fans will never hear the end of it. If they win this game and it, that technically breaks the, the, the regular season winning streak. It's just, just, I just can't. Actually, I, 49ers, please beat them so we don't have to listen to that garbage. Um, that's all I got to say. All right. Anyway, <laughs> um, Alex, any final thoughts on this? As you've noted, very 
all over the place and crazy episode, but I think a fun one. Well, I mean, that's kind of like, that's the beauty of a team taking care of business and doing what it needed to do with a game to go. And, you know, for the entire season, all you listeners have had to patiently listen to me talk about this team has has to treat the regular season as like a way to get in the best position for the playoffs, right? Like this is all about making sure that when January comes, they're equipped to do exactly what they need to do. And, you know, we, it was a rocky path, you know, but we're sitting here and there's one more regular season game left and they've done that. That's the thing, right? The 49ers have their entire destiny laid out for them, right? Everything they could have wanted out of this regular season in terms of getting prepared for the playoffs has happened with the exception of like everyone being excuse me, perfectly healthy the entire way through. But they've given themselves the best possible chance to be healthy, to be rested, and to, you know, play at home, not have to worry about travel, and potentially, you know, play against inferior opponents. You know, like, I've always, when it comes to the playoffs, I don't care who you beat. I don't care what path you take. At the end of the day, no one says, oh, but that was an easy Super Bowl. They just say you won the Super Bowl. And if that means the 49ers at the one seed get to play, you know, who's the seventh seed? The Packers? We don't know, we don't know yet. It would be the Packers the now. But or the Rams <laughs> as opposed to the Lions or Cowboys. You know, that's that's perfect. Or even the Buccaneers? The I can't, they couldn't play them in the – in the first round, but yeah, they could get them in the NFC championship mm-hmm. game. I think just the point is there's the 49ers have gotten rid of all these external barriers. And that's exactly what you wanted out of this regular season is you head into the playoffs. And the only thing stopping you from winning a Super Bowl is yourself. And, you know, this is, this is the time. I mean, it's been, Six, seven years Kyle Shanahan's been here. Since 2019, this team has operated on the wavelength of we're trying to compete for a Super Bowl every year, and we're up at that level. They've gotten close. They're knocking on the door. But, you know, this is the time for this team to define itself. If it's going to be the, you know, a team that breaks through and gets that Super Bowl that, like, cements its legacy as one of the better teams of this this time – or if you get a painful reminder of what could have been. And I think, you know, I think they're saying all the right things. They're doing all the right things. They're preparing the right ways. So I'm excited. I'm excited to watch, like you said, a football game where it'll be kind of goofy. And we'll see Sam Darnold run around and throw the ball a bunch. And then I'm excited to um, get some playoff football. Yeah, well said. Um, as always, Akshas coming in with the – the fire at the end of the episode um and then i have to come in here and say this spiel thing at the end and ruin everything but anyway <laughs> um thanks uh as always for listening to this episode of the niner noise podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network please continue to check out ninernoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and of course share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends so until next time As the shirt that I'm currently wearing says, let's sound the horn, 49ers.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.